Welcome to the Washington Weekly, a ministry of Washington Baptist Church. This podcast is devoted to getting you into God's Word and equipping you to serve. I'm your host, Trent Henson, Associate Pastor. On today's episode, I'll talk about the Bible verse that provided peace and assurance to John Bunyan, the author of The Pilgrim's Progress. And I'll also interview another member of Washington so you can meet some more of our people and learn more about our ministries. Each week, I talk about specific Bible verses that impacted people or situations. My aim is to show the transforming power of God's Word. Today, I'll talk about the Bible verse that provided assurance for John Bunyan. John Bunyan is best known as the author of The Pilgrim's Progress. The Pilgrim's Progress follows the trials and adventures of a man named Christian as he travels from his home, the City of Destruction, to the Celestial City. It's a Christian allegory of a soul's journey to heaven. It's a vivid portrait of every true Christian's spiritual journey. Christian, in the story, represents every man. We're all born in the city of destruction, condemned because of our sin, and we must all come to the cross of Christ to enter the gate of that celestial city. It's a story that has connected to all people of all ages through all time. In fact, it's become the second best-selling book of all time, right behind the Bible. But there's more to John Bunyan than the Pilgrim's Progress. John Bunyan was born in 1628 in Bedford, England. He was the son of a tinker, which is one who mends pots and pans. It was a common, everyday man's occupation. In 1644, at the age of 16, Bunyan's mother and sister both died in an epidemic, and his father quickly remarried. This caused a separation between Bunyan and his father, so Bunyan ran off to join the military. At this time, England was in a civil war, and he spent three years in war, which greatly impacted him and his future writings. In 1647, he left the military and returned home to work with his father as a tinker. In 1649, at the age of 21, he married a Puritan's daughter. We don't even know her name, but she was a strong Christian, and she exposed him to books that influenced him in his Christian walk. Two of those books were The Plain Man's Pathway to Heaven and The Practice of Piety. These books really exposed the sin of John Bunyan's life so that he could see he was a sinner in need of a Savior. But the whole time he struggled within his heart and soul for peace. He desired to follow Christ. He wanted to obey God, but he always felt that conviction of sin and it weighed him down. He had a series of struggles with the assurance of his salvation. He was wondering if he was right with God. Truly, he feared for his soul. He wanted peace. He go to church to worship and to have peace, but when he left, he felt worse. He said that every time he thought of God, some blasphemous thought would enter his mind instead. He considered himself, quote, nothing but a poor painted hypocrite, end quote. What John Bunyan wanted was concrete evidence that he was truly saved. He consulted a pastor, Pastor Gifford, and he recommended that Bunyan rely more upon the Word of God and less upon his emotions, feelings, or imagination. He wanted him to meditate on verses like John 6.37, which says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. 
Or 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Bunyan did find peace in these verses, but as he meditated on those verses, he also came across other verses where Jesus said, Depart from me, for I never knew you. And he wondered, would that be said to him? But one day that peace came to John Bunyan. I will let you hear it in his own words, as this is from his autobiography, where Bunyan describes the day that changed his life and the verse that provided this assurance. He says, quote, One day I was walking through a field, and suddenly this sentence fell upon my soul. Your righteousness is in heaven. I thought that with the eyes of my soul I saw Jesus Christ at God's right hand. He was there as my righteousness. No matter where I was or what I was doing, God could never say that I lacked His righteousness, for it was there right before Him. Moreover, I saw that it was not the good state of my heart that made my righteousness better, nor the bad state that made my righteousness worse. For my righteousness was Christ Jesus Himself, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now my chains fell off my legs indeed. I was set free from my affliction and my shackles, and my temptations also fled away. From that time on, those dreadful verses of God no longer troubled me. I went home rejoicing because of the grace and the love of God. When I got home, I looked to see if I could find that sentence in the Bible, Your righteousness is in heaven. And I was immediately reminded of a verse, 1 Corinthians 1.30, which says, You are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. By the truth of this verse, I saw that the other sentence was also true that my righteousness is in heaven. For by this verse, I saw that the man Christ Jesus, as he is distinct from us regarding his bodily presence, so he is our righteousness and our sanctification before God. Here, therefore, I remain for some time very sweetly at peace with God through Christ. Oh, I thought, Christ, Christ, there was nothing but Christ before my eyes. I was not focusing upon individual benefits of Christ, such as His blood, burial, or resurrection, but I considered Him as the whole Christ. I did not just see what makes up Christ, such as His virtues, relations, offices, and workings, but I saw Him, He who sits at the right hand of God in heaven. It was glorious to me to see His exaltation and the work and extensiveness of all His benefits and could see now this because I looked away from myself and to Him. All those graces of God that were new in me were but like the small change that rich men carry in their pockets when their gold is off in their trunks at home. Oh, I saw my gold was in my trunk at home, in Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Now Christ was all, all my wisdom, all my righteousness, all my sanctification, and all my redemption, because of 1 Corinthians 1.30, end quote. Now, that's an amazing testimony of God's Word bringing peace. See, Bunyan found that God's Word remained certain and constant, even while his emotions continued to rise and fall. His comfort was found in Christ, not in his feelings, 
but the divine assurance that Christ had put away his sin by the sacrifice of himself on that cross. After that, Bunyan entered the ministry and began to preach. But in 1660, King Charles II took the throne, and he did away with all the religious freedoms they had been enjoying. He issued a decree that all who do not conform to the beliefs of the Church of England would be imprisoned, and the church's target was soon set on John Bunyan. Bunyan chose to obey God rather than man, and he ultimately spent 12 years in prison because he refused to recant and go back to the Church of England. At any point, he would be released if he just refused to preach and join back with the Church of England. But Bunyan refused. He said, quote, I will remain in this prison until moss grows on my eyelids rather than fail to do what God commanded. End quote. During that time of prison, Bunyan wrote nine books, some of which became very influential books. One of those was his autobiography, which I just read from, titled, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners. That's a great title. It shows you how Bunyan felt about himself and God's salvation. And another book that was written during that time in prison was part one of The Pilgrim's Progress. In 1672, Bunyan was released, and he was called to be the minister of Bedford Church. And then, The Pilgrim's Progress was published. The two big pillars of Bunyan's ministry was the fact that God is willing to save and that He saves us by His grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. He continued to preach and write until his death in 1688. He preached with assurance and he wrote with assurance because of that verse, 1 Corinthians 1.30, which says, You are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Isn't it wonderful to know that our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption are all in Christ, not in ourselves or in our effort, but in His work, His obedience, His death, His resurrection, His power. Today, my guest is Tracy Carlisle. Thank you, Tracy, for joining me. You're welcome. Well, tell me about you and your family. Well, um, I have a husband of almost 34 years, it's Robin, and he um, actually was previously the youth minister here for about 13 years, right before mm -hmm. Travis came. Uh, he is currently an adult Sunday school teacher. Uh, my mother um, is 88-year-old, and she is um, Christine C. She is a preschool Sunday school teacher. And my daughter, Kayla Reckenbach, who is a choir member, and my son-in-law, James, and my two-year-old granddaughter, Brindley Christine, who named after my mom. And they've just recently moved back here. Well, it's been almost, it's been about a couple of years now. They were in Georgia, but they're back here now. So um, we're enjoying that. And that's basically our, all of my immediate family. Yes, and your, your family is an important part of this church because mm -hmm. everybody you mentioned is faithful. Um, and serving in different ways, and we are so glad to have your family uh, with us. And even your mother, I know, kept Kareth, my daughter, in the nursery for years. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and kind of had a, Kareth had an attachment to her. <laughs> she did. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, your whole family is very faithful. We're glad you are with us and, and an important part of our church. So what led you to Washington? 
Okay, well, my dad, who passed away about a year and a half ago, he was Owen Dean C., and he was a member here all of his life, and my mom's family joined when she was a teenager. So they met and got married, and then so eventually I was born here, so I've been here all my life. Uh, yes, you're <laughs> one of our, our Washington faithful who have been here the whole time. And uh, yes. I love that about so many of our people. Is uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people that I pod, uh, interview on the podcast say that they've been here their whole life, and I think that mm-hmm. speaks well of this church. Mm-hmm. That they want to stay and uh, raise their family here. Yes. Well, how yes. are you involved here at Washington? Well, um, in the past, for about 35 years, I guess, I taught preschool, and um, now I just kind of help out in Sunday school and Mission Friends and Extended Session, that kind of thing. I'm a member of the Adult Choir and the Handbell Choir, and in the past, I've also led the Youth Choir and the Preschool Choirs. Um, I've served on a wide variety of committees over the years, including, I guess, finance, personnel, internal audit. Um, the Associate Pastor Search Committee, which yes. I know you're familiar with. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and the, I think you did a great job. I, I think so, too. <laughs> and the um, Building Committee for the new edition. Um, right now, I'm currently serving on the Music Advisory Committee and the Nominating Committee, which um, I would actually like to take this opportunity to um, mention those who are listening. If any of you have any interest in any particular area of service, just let me or Trent or Drew know. There are just so many people here that are blessed, blessed with abilities and talents, and we just aren't aware of them, so we don't even know to ask unless you, know, you let us know. So we would be more than happy to plug you in to where we think God might be wanting to lead you to serve and just let, let one of us know. <laughs> All right, that's right, because, yes, we need our, our servants, and that is one thing about Washington. I think we are blessed with a lot of people who do serve and uh, – who are willing to work, but I know since COVID, we've struggled in some areas uh, getting all of our people back uh, in ways of service. So thank you for that plug uh, for the nominating committee. But I appreciate all of your ways of service because like you mentioned with Sunday school committees that you've been on, um, and some of those are not there are committees that aren't as important, but some of those are, are big things to feel um, that you're in. And of course the music with choir and handbells, um, and with Dave coming on now, I know there's a lot of um, excitement, I think, um, around our music program. So mm-hmm. I appreciate all the ways that you serve here at Washington. Thank you. Yeah, I really am glad to get back into the, us meeting in person, and the, especially because of the music. That just makes a huge difference. That's right. Service, yes. Well, what do you think is the best thing about Washington Baptist Church? Well, I really haven't known anything else much, too, because I've, since I've been here all my life. But um, I think it's mostly the people. Um, I feel like we're a loving and caring church. Um, Drew and the entire staff, you all do, do an excellent job. And there are just so many opportunities here to serve, really for all ages, uh, whether it be music, missions, um, ministries, discipleship. I just feel like there's something for everyone. Um, to enjoy and to to serve. So. All right, that's it. Yes. So whatever uh, people have, whatever gifts and talents they have, we can we have a spot for them, and I think a way to reach them as well, a way for them to to be a part of Washington, uh, which is one of the good things I think about Washington as well. Is there's something for them to do or to participate in, uh, whoever they may be. 
yes and it just feels like home um like i said the, the people and just the environment just just feels like home that's it well thank mm-hmm. you very much for your time today okay thank you tracy mentioned she serves on the nominating committee the nominating committee is responsible for finding selecting and enlisting people to serve in all the volunteer positions in the church before they're presented for church approval. There are many positions in various ministries that need to be filled before the new church year begins in September. Please be in prayer about your role or how you can help. If you'd like to serve in any area or would like more information about the positions that need to be filled, please contact Tracy Carlisle or call the church office. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Washington Weekly. Washington Baptist Church is located at 3500 North Highway 14 in Greer, South Carolina. Check us out online at WashingtonBaptist.org. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast as you get into God's Word and prepare to serve.